It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, February 15th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is really intrigued by what the Flyers goaltending situation is and, you know, what are the next steps here? Intrigued, confused, there's a few other words. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the latest news with the Flyers with a new executive, and we will get to your mailbag questions all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnFlyers. That is where you'll keep up with all of our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. That's how you get your mailbag questions answered like we're doing today. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So uh, subscribe over there as well. Russ, we got some surprise news uh, from the Flyers, or more specifically, their parent company, Comcast. And uh, there's a new CEO in town for Comcast Spectacor, which is technically the parent division of Comcast that runs the Flyers. And that is Dan Hilferty. And uh, right now, Dave Scott, who is technically in that position, uh, has been moved as a governor of the Flyers, and he'll be the chairman of Spectacor, if that makes sense. And uh, the two of them will partner on the the Flyers. And of course, Valerie Camillo uh, was promoted uh, last year, I think it yeah. was, to president and CEO of Spectacor Sports and Entertainment. So she's still there in her role. And uh, very interesting, very interesting timing, I would say, to bring in a new corporate overseer. Well, I mean, for one thing, you know, when you look up Dave Scott, he had a dual title, CEO and chairman, right? So now the CEO part's gone. He always was the governor, so he's still the governor mm-hmm. of the Flyers. So technically, he's still the, the the caretaker. But when now you find out that there's a partner well, now you've sort of added another layer uh, because both of these guys are in charge of Chuck Fletcher. And so, yep. you know, I, I we know that there's going to be changes down the road, and this is sort of signaling that. And the same right. thing could happen to Chuck Fletcher where they take away one of his titles too. That's We talked about that. That is a, you know, possibility. But as far as just talking about this the way it is, you know, my thinking is, you know, having been in the corporate world and you have too, uh, is that you've now just added another layer. Now, again, we did talk about streamlining the organization a while ago, bringing in someone from the outside. And this is technically right. a lot like that, but you only have 
three weeks until the trade deadline. Now this is just another person that has to, you know, be in the loop. And you wonder if that will slow the team down when trades have to be made. Because again, I think if things go the way they are, there a lot of things are being talked about. A few things have been done as far as trades are executed, but there's still going to be a lot of last minute shopping. And that's when you have to have a tight communications system here for an organization to get things done. And now you've added another person. Yeah, you're right. It does add some complexity in the short term, but bringing in a new person from the outside at the CEO level, you know, like you said, with our corporate experience screams to me, a reorganization within the company, and they want an outside perspective to help figure out what to do. And whether that means taking away the GM title from Chuck Fletcher and just having him be president of the team, uh, that is a possibility here, I think, in a, in a reorg like this. But it's very clear that there has to be some changes that take place. And this just, this just says, you know, we need a, a fresh eye on it. And so I don't think it should affect the trade deadline immediately, other than, to your point, some complexity with the communication around it. And that could be a good thing or a bad thing, right? Because there is some lack of trust from the outside on management in terms of how they'll handle the trade deadline. But I think this is more of a medium term change that could happen. And it, and there could be some bigger changes in the off season is something that, that I would predict or different changes, maybe not bigger, because this is a pretty big change. I was just going to say, you wonder why this didn't happen in like August. Yeah, it, it is a really good question. Uh, you know, in terms it's three quarters of the season's over. Right. In terms of Hilferty's, you know, experience, uh, he most recently was part of the 2026 Soccer World Cup uh, hosting bid for Philadelphia. So he does have some sports management there, but most of his career experience has been in healthcare. Right. Um, you know, he was head of Independence Blue Cross and worked for some other healthcare companies prior to that. So, you know, it's it's not really an, an apples to apples. It's not really even an apples to pears, but knowing that, you know, he does understand hockey and is a huge Flyers fan. He's from the area. Um, and that he does have some business sports experience recently. Um, you know, there's there's pros and cons to all of that. There is pros and cons to all of that. Um, better to know, to know hockey than not know hockey. But again, uh, they're going to end up having a table of like four or five people on trade deadline day. So everything gets explained and everybody understands everything. And, you know, and you just wonder how complex it might get. Yeah. I think that's a, a really good point. And this is another one of those things that just throws a wrench in the mix. But All I can uh, say is this, I've covered a lot of teams over the years in different situations for different things. And this one never stays complacent. Something is always happening. Something is always changing. And so we bring it to you. That's it. And uh, definitely a we shall see situation here as uh, things develop. But uh, speaking of some other changes are, that are on the small end of the scale related, uh, the Flyers did call Kiefer Bellows back up for the road trip, as well as Sam Erson. The, they decided they wanted to have three goalies with them. And, you know, that's smart, you know, in, in case of injury. So, uh, because it, it, the travel is so far, you know, yeah. you just want to be better safe than sorry. And, you know, that adds up to a 23-man roster in the end, so you might as well. 
Uh, so does that mean Ali Lixel is going back to Lehigh? No, he's still there too. That make, he's part of mm-hmm. the twenty-three. That's what I was wondering yeah. if. Okay, because I was kind of like counting it on my hands. Is that still part of the twenty-three? All right, well that's good. I mean, yeah. So, so we have one extra forward, one extra defenseman, and one extra goalie. Right. Oh yeah, because of the goalie. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that. I guess that's what threw me. Um, I still. I mean, do you really need three goalies for a trip? I mean, look, I, I think you know when again when you're that far away and a, a moment's notice. Maybe you don't want to have to have an e-bug. Okay. Pros and cons of this. Here we go. One, they're not in the playoff race. Two, they make jets. They have, there's a thing called jets that fly you anywhere at a moment's notice. So if one game there is an e-bug, is that going to really affect the flyer season? No. So it's just kind of weird that they're going to take up a roster spot with this. That's what kind of blew my mind, I guess. Well, I do think that there could be more to it than that. And that is a perfect segue into our goaltending discussion that we are going to have, where we're going to take a look at who we have on the roster right now, our predictions for the rest of the season, and you know how the team has been managing the load balance with goaltending so far. And we're going to do that coming up next. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sports app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. I'll tell you, the one thing I would um, look at this week, the Lakers are playing the uh, Pelicans. It's been tight with them uh, last few games, and the Lakers really need to win. So keep an eye on that. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with Same Gay Parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Russ, uh, we are talking goaltending right now. And, you know, going back to bringing Sam Erson on this road trip, it does bring up the question of whether Sam Erson gets playing time on this particular trip. And are they trying to do some work to determine, you know, what they think of him versus Felix Sandstrom at the NHL level? I mean, I would have to say if you're including him on the trip, he's going to get work. And, you know, Urson's played well. The coach certainly likes him. I, I think the way the Flyers' um, situation is next year, money-wise, uh, it would be good if they had a guy like Urson be in the backup, if the coach trusts him. So you almost could see that happening down the line, and I think that's why um, this move is happening. And so, you know, from that part of it, just – Discussing that part of it, you know, I understand why he's on the trip for that. I think so, too. I think that's that's a big part of it. And, you know, that is a really good possibility for next season in mm-hmm. terms of Sam Merson being the official backup here. Um, but kind of looking at the overall goaltending situation, you know, when we talked about it at the beginning of the season, 
we talked about, you know, needing to manage Carter Hart's load that we didn't want to overdo it with him. And we've talked about it several times throughout the season that we felt like maybe he was playing too many games. And, you know, if you look at how many games he's played so far out of the 55 games, we have Carter Hart with 40, Felix Santrum 11 and Sam Erson seven. Now that does include some partial games in there, so it doesn't add up to the number of games played total. But um, you know, if you look if you look at that and project it out towards the end of the season in terms of the rate that backups are being played, that would end up with Carter Hart playing fifty eight games and a backup either Sandstrom or Urson playing twenty four games. Total. And that's too many. How does? Yeah, yeah. Like I was going to say, how does that sit with you? Lead. Yeah, he's one game off the lead mm-hmm. league. Now, he hasn't faced as many shots because the Flyers are blocking a ton of shots. But if I start looking at high danger chances, chances, it's it's been a lot. And so, again, if you go back to when John Tortorella took over and said they would do a better job of taking care of Carter Hart this year compared to last year, it's barely. I'm not sure they are. It's really, I think, still concerning to me at this point in the season, because if you project him out to 58 games, we said he should be between 50 and 55, if memory serves. Yeah. And really more towards 50, 51, you know, not Mm -hmm. really even at 55, but yes. Right, right. The 55 would be the absolute high end of, of what we would like to see. And so this is concerning if it does end up going out to 58 now having the three goalies on the roster for this road trip and maybe even further down the line are they going to spread it out between Sandstrom and Erson a little bit more and rest Carter Hart could be but it just doesn't seem likely based on what we know about Torrance and and the way this team I mean let's just say what we think at this point we think Carter Hart's going to play most of the games Erson will get a few and Sandstrom is there because they can't send him down right and that's taking up a roster spot Exactly. And that's what I don't like. I, I just I have to go on record about that. Like that's it's not good roster management, but this is where we are. Uh, I think, you know, part of the reason why it's been such a problem is that, you know, while you can say based on having actually watched the games that Felix Sandstrom has played, he's had some absolute horrible defense in front yes. of him for some of those games that were in, you know, that period of time where the flyers were playing very, very poorly across the board. Um, So there is a little bit of, you know, thumbs on the scale, so to speak, in terms of his stats, but um, it does stand out that Sam Erson's stats at the NHL level are significantly better than Felix Sandstrom overall. And, you know, especially if you look at things like high danger, scoring chance save percentage you know Carter Hart's at 824 and Felix Sandstrom uh, is at 806 and then Sam Erson is at 906 right for high danger shots and so that's kind of looking at maybe you know your breakaways and you know key shots that they should be stopping so I look at it like that and say Carter Hart's number is fine, considering how the team is. I'm, yep. I'm not absolutely. Upset. Uh, now, Urson is, is still a small sample size, so sometimes guys right. come in and they play, you know, like their hair is on fire, and maybe that's what you're getting. And other teams don't have a book on them yet, but they'll start to get a book on them. And 
and that'll probably change, right? So Urson is better than Sandstrom, but not like a country mile, but he is a little better. Sandstrom has played well in in most of his starts. He really has. I mean, Mm -hmm. so again, this is going to be one of those things where you can't send down Sandstrom because somebody's going to pick him up. He's a good enough goalie that somebody will take him and throw him in the system. So now, you know, you hope he at least plays one game, but I don't even know if if Sandstrom's going to play a game. I, I could see it just being Hart and, and Urson. Yeah, and that that's the problem I see with the way that Torts likes to run things, that he doesn't like to mess around with this. He wants some consistency right. there. And so I would say Hart would play more of the games, and yep. then you know that Torts likes Urson. So I, I just really kind of see Sandstrom being the odd man out here, despite the fact that, honestly, we need to see him playing with a – a better Flyers defense in front of them. And I would say on average, they're playing better in front of the goaltender right now. You know, not entirely. We've had some clunkers mixed in there, but I think on average they're playing better. If they're blocking more shots, I don't know if they're playing Mm -hmm. better. The high danger chances haven't gone away. Like there's a ton of them. And there's times where I know Carter Hart has gotten frustrated. I'll just say they're blocking more shots because that's what they're doing. I don't know if they're playing better though. Yeah, I, I think that's... You know, it's, I would say overall they are playing better, to, in my opinion. But uh, I think that, you know, you can pick and choose some different areas where maybe that's not the case. But um, I think blocking shots is part of playing good defense in front of your goalie and not letting the puck get to him. I understand the ne- the negatives and the downsides of, of doing it that way. But I, I do think that it's giving the goaltending a little bit of a break when they need it. Yeah. I mean, better than facing 50 shots a game, I guess. Sure. So like given all of this, uh, what do you think the plan is for the rest of the season? And do we have any clues as to what they're going to do this off season? Well, I mean, the plan for the rest of the season is uh, I'm assuming Urson's going to go back down or maybe on trade day, They'll try and send Sandstrom down and hope that nobody takes him. Maybe they'll do it on a busy day and hope that he sneaks through and then they'll leave him down all year and leave Urson up. I really don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Now, in the offseason, Sandstrom has another year in his deal. So are they going to include him in a deal somewhere? I mean, they might, but based on injury history for Carter Hart and not fully knowing what Urson is, if you're not going to go out and get another goalie, you probably still need to keep those three. But, it's it, you know, again, it could be a juggling act again. Part of me was disappointed in the call-up just because, you know, it's a four-game week for the Phantoms, and I would have liked them to right. have the support of a goalie like Urson. But obviously the Flyers and what they need to do is the priority here. Uh, I just, you know, part of me is like... Yeah, I mean, oh, Torch has created Phantoms. his own goalie taxi squad. That's what he's done back when yep. we go back to the pandemic. <laughs> oh, God. But that's no, what he's done. No. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. At least for this road trip. Right. We'll see what happens beyond that. But yeah, I do think that, you know, my gut says that they're going to play Arson. Yeah. More. Mine too. And yeah. that, yeah. And that, because that's something that Torts would do. And then um, that Arson winds up being the backup next season, as long as everything else goes Checks well out. Yeah. Everything checks out, like you said. Um, and then, you know, if that's the case, 
they're not going to keep Felix Sandstrom around the organization. They're going to give him a chance to go elsewhere. I, I think they would have to do that. Um, I mean, they don't have to do it. No, they don't they have to. Give, He's under contract. So yeah, they can give him an offer, I guess, to stick around, but. Well, no, he has a contract. The only thing they could yeah. do is trade him or loan him out. Yep. So that's, that's a little sticky as well. Um, and, you know, we have Alexei Kolosov hanging out in the KHL, which probably means, you know, if both of Urson and, and Sandstrom stick around, Kolosov will stay in, in Europe for another well, year. There's still another Russian goalie that's somewhere out, out there in the ether, too. There is. I wasn't going to bring him up. But. Well, I mean, it's just he exists, Rachel. So at least we'll just say there is another goalie and we won't even bother going any further because who knows if we'll ever see him again. That is true. And uh, what the situation with his contract would be at that point, we do not know. But there's, there's a lot going on, Russ. I mean, it really is. It's it's to try and keep up with all of it is is difficult. It is, but uh, we're going to do that as the rest of the season progresses and heading into this off season. Uh, we do have some of your mailbag questions and we are going to get to them coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. My goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And I don't want to compromise taste because some those bars are just not doing it for me. But you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. And what makes them so good? They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They have some amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And they really are healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, but 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering yours at built.com. You can still do that, but you can also get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you have Sam's Club near you, run in and grab a 13-bar box with their hip flavors, brownie, batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Okay, Russ, so we've got some good questions from our listeners slash viewers. Nick wants to know, other than Hart standing on his head, what's the path to being cup competitive? Going to this year, I thought the only thing worse than being terrible was to be mid, and I think that's what they are right now. Yeah, the path to me is, you know, circuitous. It's like you're probably talking about another three years. Like, I think it could take another three years to really get there. If something miraculous happens, you know, like injuries, like all of a sudden Atkinson's 100%, Couturier's back to himself, he's the number one center, and then you, you know, you get Gauthier in two years, then maybe in two years. But otherwise, I could, I see, I could see it taking three. Yeah, I really think it's going to take, a, a really good hit on the draft this year with whoever they pick that maybe excels, you know, to the NHL level a little bit faster than maybe you would have thought and, and is at the top end of his range of performance, like to get there faster than, than three years. I think, cause I think it's going to take a combination of, 
you know, a couple of the guys that are currently in Lehigh Valley moving up. And then I also think that they're going to have to have draft picks for the next two years being contributors to a team. And so that's going to really take three years. It's it's rough, but I, I just don't see any other way. Uh, given the fact that they seem to hand out like overpriced contracts to people that can't get you to a cup uh, right. f- for the time being, we got to get rid of some of those contracts or let them expire um, and then figure out a way to sign all these other guys that will hopefully be good enough that they need to get paid a lot. It's a formula. It is. Continuing our goaltending discussion from earlier, Donna wants to know about Troy Grosnick, what happened, uh, and why hasn't he been around? Well, I know he had an injury, and yeah. now and now I believe he's back and he's playing. So I, I think it's really just that. I mean, he look, I, I didn't have high expectations, but I will say early in the season, which feels like three years ago, um, he he played okay. Like, he played better than we thought he could. So, you know, he's back now, and at least they have him in Lehigh, where right now they're without their best two goalies in Lehigh. And so, you know, he's got a chance to actually lead them into the playoffs, really. I mean, him and Pat Nagel. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't think he's played yet, but I think he's close. I think he's close. Yeah. Yeah, that he's potentially close to a return. And like with Sam Erson not there, obviously Pat Nagel and hopefully Troy will be partnering up there. But uh, we'll, we'll have to see if he truly can get back in to the action. Um, we got another question from W. Browdy. Which of the current or future younger players under 25 would be the biggest positive surprise going forward? Well, I mean, Noah Cates is on that path for sure. Uh, in another year, Cutter Gauthier, uh will be on that path. Um, you know, in another year, we could really see Adam Yenning uh, possibly in the NHL in a shutdown role. Uh, wouldn't shock me. So, you know, that would be not next year, but the year after. And right now, I think, you know, Devin Kaplan's on the longer path. I'm not expecting him for a little while. So, but again, he could be another one of those guys down the road. Yeah, I think, you know, Devin Kaplan is is definitely on my list of guys that are going to maybe outperform expectations uh, moving forward, but it is going to take him a little while. Yeah, definitely another year in college and maybe a full year in the AHL and then maybe we'll see him. Yep, I think that's about right. And then uh, John over on YouTube has an untouchables list for the trade deadline, wants to know if we agree. And he's got uh, Travis Konechny, Owen Tippett, Scott Lawton, Noah Cates, Morgan Frost, Cam York, Carter Hart, and Sam Erson. Well, I don't think Travis Konechny is untouchable. I'll say that. Uh, I think, I don't think Morgan Frost is untouchable either. I think everybody else, I think they would rather not trade. So I think you're, you're right about most everybody else, but I think those two are probably not untouchable. Yeah, I think, I think you're probably right there. I don't know that there's a market for Morgan Frost, so it's not likely that he would go anywhere, but certainly would take a call on him and see what the return would be. And well, I do- I'll give you, a, I'll give you a franchise. So, uh, you know, Kyle Dubas used to be in charge of the Sioux and Morgan Frost played for the Sioux and 
you know, you can connect the dots. I mean, I think there would be some interest there. I don't know if it'll happen at this trade deadline, but I do think it could happen. I mean, I suppose anything's possible. Right. I mean, I'm not expecting it, but I'm just, you know, we're, we're just spitballing here. Yeah. All right. And last thing, not a question, but it's also our Flyers fun thing. On Monday's show, we were talking about the Flyers Marvel day. And And I want to protest here. You didn't even put the results on the show notes. You've kept me in suspense this entire time. I did that. You did. I did that on purpose. I know you did. All right. So uh, we had a poll over on YouTube and the votes are in. And uh, by a very small margin, uh, the vote for Gritty Should Be Hulk did come out on top. Yes. But yes. it was it was exactly fifty percent of the vote, so it wasn't a true majority. So the other most of the votes went to me, and that gritty as Loki makes perfect sense. And then there was a other option, and and so the other option that uh, we got was for Captain America. Okay. Yes, you are victorious in this I, one. I, I'm but counting I will this be as back. a win. I will be back. <laughs> <laughs> well. We will be back tomorrow as well. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Flyers versus Kraken part two in the beginning of the Flyers after dark uh, road <laughs> trip for the latter part. Yeah. Uh, lots of coffee coming up over the next week or so. And then we're going to check in again with Cutter Gautier and see how his uh, post-World Juniors college time is going. And uh, they did just have the bean pot up in Boston. So lots to talk about there as well. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. If you've got questions you want us to answer on the show, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.